0: bonkio and i'm nana and this is african dot american
1: this is a show where we take a look at the subset of the african diaspora the children of african immigrants and what is it that you always add african African immigrant children (laughs) apparently (laughs) whatever um living in america african people living in america who spent most of their childhood slash Adult life in America. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We keep changing the description, so maybe we've got some clarification.
0: I just the children of African Americans is kind of misleading. It doesn't include me, and I, I consider myself African American. Fine. <laughs> Let's well,
1: today um, we are going to be talking about the experiences of African Americans who were sent back to Africa for a period of time. And ostensibly back to America because we're talking to us not from um, not from Africa. And our guest Stephanie today is here to talk about her experiences. So we want to say first of all, welcome Stephanie. Um, and we want to jump right into it. Oh, and my first question is, what's your name? Your name is Stephanie.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Where did you grow up? <laughs>
0: Thank you. Um, I was born in Queens, and I live. Uh, in Brooklyn and Queens until, until I was 12. So I'm, I'm a New Yorker through and through just lived in Brooklyn first, and then we moved to Queens. And when I was 12, my parents decided to have me go to Ghana. Mm-hmm. I was operation go back home, but I was the only one that left. And it wasn't because of the usual she has behavioral problems. So we're sending her. It was actually for financial needs because uh, I'm one of three girls, and we were going to Catholic school, and it was just it was a lot. And so family back home decided, well, since you're already building in Ghana, maybe it'll make sense to have the kids move first before you make that move. Because if you've tried it, moving anywhere is difficult, but Mm -hmm. with children and out of a country is more so can be
1: yeah so your parents i guess i'm guessing are from ghana um so how many years did you spend in ghana then so you left at 12 and then came back when i was 18 18 okay so like through high school interesting yeah so how do you identify ethnically slash racially i know first you said you're a new yorker through and through so we got that she's new york (laughs)
0: Brooklyn. Um, no, no, no. <laughs> uh, what they I'm say? BK? I
1: don't know. <laughs> BK, right? That's Brooklyn. BK. BK? No, BK. No, oh, no. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> <Na-na>.
0: <laughs> Even I no, know that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, my parents are from the Dutch tribe, and so I identify as a gun and uh, that was the language spoken to myself and my sisters growing up. Only thing is we never really responded in gun. We would respond in English. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you see me you probably think, I mean, I've been mistaken for being Bangladeshi or Hispanic.
1: Bangladeshi.
0: <laughs> Bangla? I see yes. the Bangladeshi. I can see it. <laughs> so, you know, I, I've heard and and um, my father is um light skinned as well, Um, that's just kind of the intermarriage and being in a commonwealth and uh, before I got married my maiden name was European so no one could really tell until you actually speak to us and we respond.
1: So wait, what does that mean for when you first got to Ghana, like did it matter that you couldn't uh, respond back in Ghana? was that like a learning curve or?
0: It wasn't until, so I first went to Ghana when I was eight. So they already kind of knew the deal. So they're fine with it. They're just happy I can understand it. So it's when I actually went back for school and I went to junior high or JSS, uh, that's the uh, education equivalent. And you have to learn uh, what they would say, a vernacular language, a local Ghanaian language. So I wasn't going to pick tree because I don't understand tree. So I spoke the language that... You know, and that became a challenge because I don't think in gum, I think in English. When you're trying to write an essay, it's something different, you know. Yeah.
1: That's mm. still pretty awesome. Most people don't get that opportunity to, like, study their language formally, learning how to read it.
0: What? Like, that's amazing. <laughs> can you Use a, I, I, treat- Yes, I can. <laughs> <laughs> <You> nope. <know? laughs> bible in tree (laughs) right i can speak it yeah we have a tree bible at home i can speak it it? i can't i mean i can try but no i can't i wouldn't say i'm like you know yeah so that's awesome kudos
1: to to you for that uh and i just think about the immigrant experience on the u.s side like people um this is it it makes sense this is a story Mm. was tangential i went to china a few years ago and for a week work and i was so frustrated because my first time being in a country where i didn't speak the language like i speak arabic and i speak spanish so like you know it got to a Get point where i was like good with it because you go to an arab country i can roll go to a spanish-speaking area you can do it when i got to china and i was like nobody, like people don't even say hello in English. And I was so frustrated. Like Day three, I was like, nobody speaks English here. What's wrong with these people? And I was like, oh, Bankia, you're in China. Like Chinese people are not obligated to speak your language. Um, and that helped fix my attitude for the duration of that trip. Being like, you are in these people's countries, so you need to roll with how they roll. Mm-hmm. But it made me think about just the experience of like, you know, someone coming to another country and like not speaking it. You know, a lot of people have that story of I came here I didn't speak anything, and, you know, they're able to, like, live a life and make a life for themselves, and I was just like, wow, it's so hard. Um, so, yeah, kudos to you. I can't imagine going and, like, having to be in the same level, middle school
0: level guy. I mean, how did you How did you fit in? <laughs> did you have a hard time fitting in? Fitting in, like, with school? With school, with school making friends. Oh, okay. there were a lot of cultural norms that I had to get hip to. And um, understand that I could not do. But I did meet a bunch of people who were in the same boat as I was. You know, I have friends who, oh, okay, you know, huh? were born in the States or were born in England or Australia, and we all kind of met. A way to have a little community of sorts. But at that point in time, I mean, I was writing letters religiously to my mom, like, please let me come back. Just, I can't <laughs> do this. Anymore, you know? um,
1: <laughs> so that your first impression then of Ghana, when you went back was like, um, can I please go back to America? Yeah.
0: And that's the thing. I think when my parents were saying, Oh, boarding school is great, you know, cause it's, it's back then it was a privilege. If you're, you right. know, your parents' time, they're like, if your parents could afford boarding school, you went, it wasn't, it's not because of disciplinary reasons. It's because, well, they're giving you the best that, you know, their money could afford and, mm-hmm. and for you to focus on your studies. So I had some lofty dreams of how this boarding you know, I was thinking of like a sprawling campus <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> you know, varsity sweaters or whatnot. And Girl. I got my life. It was different. It was like, okay, everybody's, you know, everybody's got a haircut and the no hoops, keep the studs in. You know, everything is... The funny. bullying. <laughs> the bullying. Oh, gosh. The bullying. Oh gosh.
1: Wait, there was bullying there's here? There's
0: bullying. I, I never went to is boarding school. Is it bullying, bullying because
1: you were foreign? Or no. bullying just no. because <clears throat> kids are kids? Because you're your
0: young. Like, if you go to boarding school in Ghana, there's no reason for you to join a, a fraternity or sorority. Because you're already getting hate. It's just... <laughs> it's kids were doing happen. this to kids?
1: Well, you're not kids. And the, <laughs> the administration knows about this?
0: It's part of the Everybody culture. knows it. It's, it's part of the experience.
1: Okay. I'm not going to ask you to relive any of those experiences.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm sure Stephanie did it to the younger, <laughs> the young, when, she, when she became older. And this, You nice, never did? Sarah. You never exercised your (laughs) profession.
1: We all know what Nana would have done. That's how it works. uh, How did going to school in Ghana affect how you viewed America?
0: I realized that in Ghana, you do a lot with the little. Like resources are scarce. Mm. It allows, I guess it forces you to focus on more abstract concepts. You kind of have to use your imagination as opposed to just having things at hand for you to to work with in terms of like, let's say you're working on a science project. I mean, we had the textbooks and everything. And if you were lucky, maybe you had the labs, but that wasn't necessarily the case at all times.
1: Wow, so like chemistry lab where you're just kind of imagining how to like mix the in, well, that, ingredients
0: together well like the junior high i don't remember i don't even think we had a chemistry lab so that that was mostly theory and everything but like when you went to secondary school which was like the senior high part of uh, of school yes there were labs but junior high it was just like you write the copious notes the teachers tell you you know and and you study and study what we call i'm sure nana remembers too important. like you just i tell study like generally it, it, well, it kind of, for me, it seemed lax, but I, I had a family tragedy between finishing high school and going to college. So I kind of had a, a leap year or I took a I took a year off. A year off in Ghana or the US? No, a year off after high school. Um, I took a year off before going to school um, in the state. So I was in the state. Um, I just realized that I did go to school more, mature, like I wasn't, Mm. I guess it it matured me, whether it was the, you know, I lost my mom, like a few months after I graduated high school. I don't know if it was part of that or also going to boarding school for almost six years and then coming back, it was like, I don't have time to be your, you know, your typical college student to do stupid stuff. It was just like, okay, I get, I have to get a job. And I have to go to school and back and then, you know, repeat, watch, you know, watch and repeat. Cause also, um, I was helping my dad with my sisters. Cause I had two younger sisters. My interaction in college was pretty much, I was a commuter, you know, I, you. I would, you know, stay home, go, go to school, do my classes, go to work and come back.
1: That's interesting that you ended up doing the boarding school piece as a younger person, which is when a lot of people think about going yeah. to college as being like...
0: I realized uh, when I came back to New York, I was t- trying to reconnect with maybe old classmates, old friends, trying to find people. But, you know, like everything, life, you know, life moves on. And so it wasn't always that the same people were there. Mm. And... You. just because you know I'm back doesn't mean like oh hey you know people grew we're not kids anymore I left when I was 12 I came back when I was 18 yeah. other people went away to school or you know they've moved on with their lives I mean I did have acquaintances but it was kind of like I had to find my way all over again mm-hmm. so for me my main focus was my family my sisters my dad the, the family friends that we had for my cousins in quotation marks, you know, the family friends that we had, they were curious because they're like, Yo, you survived. How's <laughs> <You survived laughs> like, that?
1: Yeah. And, um, like every African child's like, Fear, <laughs> I'll send you yeah. back to Africa. You're like, Whoa.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then, I mean, even some of their parents were like, Wow, you did it. Everybody was kind of curious. And I'm like, What, what did you think was going to happen? Right. Like, I, I guess. They were hard. Yeah, well, they didn't they go
1: back. fight in the war. They sent you to go to school and come back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah not a war zone. It's like, it's pretty peaceful. so It's
0: pretty cool, yeah. Growing I, I up think... in a more relaxed environment and having to go and go to such a regiment in is hard. How
1: did how you identify as a person or culturally kind of shift um, between the time that you spent in the U.S. and then the time that you spent in Ghana? I imagine, like, being in New York, um, of course you have the Ghanaian community, but you are exposed to, like, the African-American community and all these other sort of I don't want to say niche, but you know, like multifaceted. Uh, it's a multifaceted black community. And then you go to Ghana, which is like everybody is like Cadian, but black is not being a minority. And so, like, the way that you identify there is perhaps different. I mean, also taking into account that, like, you were 12, mm. <laughs> you were a little girl in the, in the States, and then you, you grew up into a woman in Ghana. But how do you think the way that you identify shifted um, because of your experience being back home?
0: So, um, when I first went to Ghana as a 12 year old, I'm viewed as the American or she was born in America. So, so no matter what you do, whether you speak the language, whether you, uh, interact with everyone, you're still seen as the foreigner or, oh, they're American, mm. you know, they're other, not that they make you feel bad. I, I have also a different experience because I tend to be light-skinned and then there has to be, you know, there are certain people that kind of are just drawn to you because they think you're other or they think you're mixed.
1: You're different.
0: Yeah, you're different. So you're novel. It's not everybody, but that has been my experience. Like people have befriended me, not because I had anything or if I was from anywhere, but simply because I looked, yeah. Interesting. And then you have colorism issues. Okay? Well, I mean, colorism oh,
1: yeah. of the world is worldwide. That's so interesting. Huh?
0: Yeah. Okay. Meanwhile, I know my pockets, but hey. Um, <laughs> then coming back at eighteen, I realized that even though I'm American by birth my living in another country for six years has changed my accent mm. it is not american it's not necessarily Ghanaian. nor has it been english and i've never been to england except for a stopover you know it's it's yeah. and so i'm kind of when going to college i'm grouped in with the other foreigners i tend to associate with people who have not been born in the united states because I understand you know, them better. I understand them better. Or meeting with other first-generation Americans, Haitian Americans, Hispanic Americans—those mm. that that I tend to gravitate towards, or they gravitate towards me. Because, well, we're kind of in the same boat. Mm-hmm. But walking in who I am right now, especially living in Pittsburgh, <laughs> <I didn't> realize. <laughs> What? What? I don't know. What Girl. does it mean to be in Pittsburgh? It's, oh, that's a that's a whole different topic. Okay. Is it so, not like Philly? No.
1: no. <laughs> okay. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know enough. have oh, never it's been. been. It's on the western side of you, Pennsylvania. You should drive there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a six-hour. Yeah?
0: It's a six-hour drive from uh, New York, New Jersey. I know from
1: the elections, they talk about Central Pennsylvania being like more like.
0: Different pockets Whoa, different pockets factories. of it are like that. Well, outside of the suburbs in Pittsburgh, different pockets of it are like that. Okay. I don't know about the city city. Either. So you, do you live in Pittsburgh proper or you live in the suburbs? I'm trying to situate myself. I live 20 miles north from downtown Pittsburgh. So I okay. live in the suburbs, but I work in the city. Okay. And the city is pretty much like a university. But that being said, it's... Um, I think I, I likened it to, uh, I think W.E.B. Du Bois had the con- uh, the concept of double consciousness, that when you are an African American, because of who you are and how you look like, there's a way you present yourself to the outside world mm-hmm. than when you present yourself when you're amongst people who are like you. But right. then being uh, a first generation American who was born by proud African parents. There is that, there's some kind of separation. It's kind of like you have to, it's not wearing the mask, but being cognizant that you might not be accepted all the way by African Americans because Mm. whether you like it or not, they're kind of looking at you side-eye like, well, your people did this to us. Whether, you know, so it's that whole, you know how it's a challenging conversation to have that okay you're african-american and i was like well i'm ghanaian american mm-hmm. and then i've gotten looks like oh you heard that and i was just like but i know my parents came from ghana yeah
1: you know and yeah and depending on how you say that too then it's like <laughs> oh, yeah. oh So
0: i should feel ashamed i'm like i'm not why should i feel ashamed that I know my, where my parents came from. Because the Italian-American, they can say it and they can have a parade and it's fine. Or the Irish-American, they can say it. But if I that say it- That is an excellent oh. point. Yeah,
1: it kind of into and, and Nana mm-hmm. and I have had that discussion before. It gets into the idea of the transatlantic slave trade and who is true. Mm-hmm blame. Africans were selling Africans. And so if you didn't end up on a ship, that probably means that you sold somebody, right? To you yeah. know, Foreign kingdoms, all that kind of stuff, which is like a lot to think about as an individual who's just like, well, I just identify with the culture that I know that I come from.
0: Yeah. Um, People also fail to, to acknowledge that just because the slave or colonialism didn't end with the slave trade. Yeah. That the Europeans never, some of them never left. Oh, they still there. <laughs> They're still there. Exactly. They are still there. <laughs> so while you were dealing with your tragedy, we were also dealing with our tragedy. Mm-hmm.
1: You know. You also said that you kind of, you, you've you been mistaken for Bangladeshi or Latina. Do you feel, I mean, obviously that's more, uh, I'm assuming that's more of a thing now that you're back in the States. How is your interaction with different facets of the communities kind of colored, for lack of a better word, by your color or by like how you present to people? Um, do they automatically assume you're Black? Um, is it like white people or black people who tend to assume that you're not who you already know yourself to be?
0: No, it's it's usually that race or ethnicity that thinks, and then they 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 realize soon that, okay, she doesn't speak Spanish, she's not Hispanic or oh, not, where are you from? Bangladesh no. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's, it's, a, it's a first. And, I mean, in Ghana, oh, you're half cats. I'm not half cats. I don't know what that is. Ask, ask, like the Ghanaians didn't do this? Yes. Yes, they've done it all the time. I mean, uh, my aunt made the mistake of having her friend from Lancashire come and visit me in boarding school. And I mean, the whole dorm, the whole house, everybody kind of plastered their face to the window. Like that's Stephanie's father. This 75 year old man is my father. I'm like, I don't know that man. That is my aunt's friend. Like they're so drawn to that. Oh, you know, mixed that otherness and it kind of messed up, but I mean, hopefully we'll get over it. I think we will. But uh, back then it was just like, it was the thing.
1: To, That's interesting. So is like, is like being light, I, I understand the privilege of it, but are they, are are
0: lighter skinned people that uncommon in Ghana that people... They shouldn't be, especially not around the coast. I mean, so many, so many European names. I mean, we have a lot of Lebanese, uh, mm-hmm. Ghana has a lot of people, you know, different ethnicities, Chinese, Indian. I don't know why this seems so rare. Maybe at the time it wasn't as common, but uh this is something my grandfather dealt with. I mean, he was, his father was Scottish and... Oh, oh perfect! <laughs> perfect. <laughs> it's way back. It's way back. I was about
1: to say... She doesn't consider herself mixed. Okay? I, don't. I mean, I get it. It's a grandfather. So it's pretty. That that is pretty far back. Okay,
0: now I'm- wait, 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 wait. One second. Let's let's back up. Right. So your grandfather, your mom, ma- your grandmother is Ghanaian. Okay, or I'm was going, Ghanaian. going to break it down because this Please. is the common issue between Ghans and Fontes. On, On my father's father? side, um, my great grandfather was uh, like a civic engineer for the Gold Coast at the time, mm-hmm. and my great grandmother married him and had my my grandfather so she was, died soon yeah. after because yellow fever is real and that's how i had my maiden name blaber blaber is a very rare name in ghana because they only come from one person on my mother's side my great great grandfather there's european blood because i mean, my, my, uh, my, my paternal grandmother's name is Plange, so that's a Dutch ancestry. So my paternal grandfather's name is Blaber. And then his, uh, uh, and then on my mother's side, her father is an Addy, which is a Dutch name. And then my maternal grandmother, her maiden name is Brown. So there's, like, it, it's not until you go into the third and fourth generation that you actually see or hear a Ghanaian name. Yeah. But that's common around Accra. It depends where. My father was raised in Jamestown, um, which is British Accra. And, uh, but his family is from Osu. And they tend to be a lot of foreigners in the Osu area.
1: You said there are a lot of foreigners in Osu. Do you mean foreigners as in just like foreign communities? Europeans. Uh, Mixed with Africans or who kept to themselves? Mixed
0: with Africans, no. I would have to do research on that. But I mean, it's not uh, to hear the names Reindorf or Shandorf or Luchwitz or, or Niels. Like, these are common last names that you would hear from people who live in Osu.
1: Okay, so it's sort of, it shouldn't be that different for your, it should, it, so the reaction of your classmates was a bit much because this is something that's pretty common in Ghana. Basically,
0: it can be, yeah, depending on the region. Because mind you, like um, I think people fail to realize that Ghana is is not just made of a kra. It it has ten regions, last time I checked, and I mean different ethnic groups uh, across the board. So you don't know necessarily who you're meeting. But in Accra, they tend to be more uh, European, um, depending on certain pockets of the uh, the city or the capital, you'll hear certain names. And it's not necessarily European. It's just, I guess, what was, you know, whatever industry came in is, what that's what kind of introduced the various uh,
1: ethnicities. Interesting. My last question for you is just about, I guess, the future. So you're in your... It's a two-prong One is you have children now, Uh, Mm -hmm. given that you know firsthand what the experience is like going back to Ghana. Is it something that you would do for your children? Like (laughs) have them spend a few years there to get acquainted with the culture and to kind of boarding
0: school? I mean, boarding school, go back. I mean, this is the year return. uh, The only time they'll go to boarding school is if I'm living there. And I don't think that's going to happen. But my oldest did live in Ghana. For almost two years in 2010, from 2010 to 2012, um, my husband and I were both working on getting, um, uh, I, I was back in school and working and my husband was also working on his MBA and, and, and also at work and we didn't have that familial help mm-hmm. and the only option was to kind of rely on my in-laws and then, you know, family members on my side to kind of help raise uh, my oldest Mm-hmm. But so, well, it wasn't something that we took cavalierly. It was tough uh, on both ends and having your kid leave you, it does something to you. And being a child, kind of leaving without your whole family familial unit, it can have an impact on your life. And I don't think I want to do that unless I absolutely had to. No, that's understandable. How old was your daughter? It was about a year and a half and she came back when she was four. Oh, wow. like her Did
1: that help her learn Gah?
0: No, because my husband is Ashanti and Fanti. So no, that wouldn't help. Real, <laughs> I and didn't marry somebody up. from my ethnic group. Yeah, I just, we just speak English in this house. Unless we're in children. <laughs> <laughs> another
1: language. <laughs> Wait, so
0: she didn't learn Ashanti or Fonti either. Tree. Of tree. yeah or. Yeah, tree. no, but i I understand the insults very well. <laughs> mm. oh, you 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 understand the tree insults? You have to. I mean, I lived in Ghana for five years. What do you think they were doing to <laughs> me the boys
1: right? I can oh imagine that's God. like step one, right? They tell you some yeah. work. Like whatever, and you're like, Yeah, I'm a this and people are like,
0: um see see see, that's what you can do with tree. You can smile at a person's face and insult them and they'd be none the wiser. But gun gun's a tonal and a passionate language, and so when you're getting insulted, you know. There's a (laughs) difference. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Nana maybe you need to teach me some of the twee, the tree uh insults so just so I can I don't I don't
0: know everything. any of the insults I don't insult people Oh <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Okay. Usually, <laughs> you know first, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm it's American. <laughs> 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 That's
1: great. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Stephanie, for sharing your story with us. We really appreciate your candidness and everything that we, well, oh, I appreciate everything I learned about Ghana and the experience of some of the
0: learned. That. I learned something as well. Yeah, so. it was a,
1: a, a trip down memory lane for, for Nana a little bit. <laughs>
0: Thank you I wouldn't you say me. that because I didn't experience that boarding school experience. Well, but you, like,
1: I mean, some of the things God took me out of there before. I yeah, but you were not <laughs> where I was like, what you know, left hand and like you know, I thought Yeah, that's
0: yeah. those traditions.
1: Yeah, those those kinds mm-hmm. of things. But
0: that's that's I a mean, way of life because I still I still do that.
1: No, but it's great. Thank you so <laughs> Thank much. Thank you, Stephanie. I really appreciate you speaking Thank with you.
0: that. Thank you. No problem. Take care. That's our show for today. Like what you heard. I have an idea on a topic you'd like African.American to discuss. Would you potentially like to be featured in our spotlight section? Let us know. You can email us at African.American spelled out. That African. spelled out. D O T American at gmail.com. See you later. Yeah.